Hi everyone, it's Lynn Chen and this is the Actors Diet Podcast and today my guest is Andy Mitchell who I've known for six years now, probably more. We've been reading one another's blogs for a long time and when I came out with my eating disorder struggle story, she was the first person to comment and support me and all these years later, Andy has written a memoir a New York Times best-selling memoir, It Was Me All Along, and she just came out with a cookbook, Eating in the Middle. So I had to get her on the podcast so we could talk. This is actually our very first conversation that we've ever had, but I hope you enjoy it. I feel like usually when I do talk to my podcast guests, I'm talking to them exactly about what you've already written about, but because you've already written about it, I want to talk to you, to you about Great. something else. Great. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I think specifically for me, I'm curious, this is going to be like a therapy session. I'm curious about you making the transition into somebody who a lot of people look at as a weight loss and body image um, role model Mm. and how that affects you personally. Yeah, it's so, you know, that's a funny thing because I, you know, when I started my blog and I write about this in, it was me all along. When I started my blog, I did want to share a lot about weight loss because I did think that, you know, that was six years ago that I started the blog. I felt like people, you know, the weight loss stories that I had read weren't necessarily super reflective of the experience that I'd had, you know, they were, a lot of them were kind of, um, happy and that shiny example of like, you know, I lost weight and now I feel amazing and life is so much better and I can't really identify with the person I used to be. And so here I am. It's great. You know, and I, and not that I wanted to say that life after weight loss or, you know, thinness wasn't amazing and wasn't, better in some ways, but I wanted to kind of talk about, you know, real weight loss and real, you know, getting through emotional eating, um, in different ways. And I thought that I could do that on my blog. And, and so I did, and I felt like I was talking about it in a really vulnerable way, you know, in, in some sense. So I, I, I liked doing that. And, And so I, I started doing that and that's kind of what led me to my my book and writing that. And, and so I, I think I was, I was this honest writer from the start. And what happened was I gained weight in, um, what year was that? Like 2012. So I had started writing the book. This is, the book was not out yet. Um, and I started gaining weight. I start, I had broken up with my longtime boyfriend, Daniel, who's a big part of my memoir. Um, And I was going through this like really hard time in my life and I gained 30 pounds Um, and I gained, uh, gained that weight. And I was uh, just going through this like bout of depression. I have always struggled with depression and now uh, reverting to these binge eating patterns. And I couldn't tell my readers because I was like, I am supposed to be this, you know, maybe this beacon of hope. I'm supposed to be this weight loss success story. I had all this self like self-imposed pressure and I felt like am I this am I a fraud like I didn't know how to write to them anymore um and it was a really hard year and 
uh, at the end of that time, like at, at the end of that like year of gaining weight, I gave a TED talk because I was asked to give this TEDx talk, and I wasn't about to say no. I can't give this TEDx talk because I'm, I think I'm too big to give it. Which is, you know, as someone who's like been big for so long, and even though I've had a period of being thin, I will always kind of go in my mind to that place of like, am I too fat for this? Am I too big for this? You know, that's kind of my first thought always. I don't know why it's just maybe I'm conditioned now to think that, but I gave the TEDx talk and when it came out, when it was released a few months after I had given the talk, I knew that like my readers are going to see this. I have to kind of tell them in the most honest way that I can that look at, I was struggling. I gained weight and now I'm going to work on losing it. Like in the same way that I did the first time around. Um, and so I did, I wrote this whole post to them saying, I, I struggled last year and I'm losing weight again. And I've learned a lot of lessons. And I guess I realized like, I'm not here to be your example of like this perfect person at weight loss or at, you know, all of the least, you know, like eating intuitively and all of these things. Like, I'm just here to say like, look, I get it. I'm walking through the mud with you. And I think I learned like through seeing that my readers didn't, no one replied with like a negative comment. No one said, oh my God, what a failure you are. Like, look at you. Like, I thought that you were someone else. Everyone was like really open and kind about it. And kind of like, we get it. Like, yeah, this is, thank you for being honest. Thank you for sharing your struggles. Like I realized like, oh, okay. I don't think we need more examples of perfection in the world. I don't think that if you're going through hell, you don't want to talk to someone who's never struggled. You want to talk to someone who's been through hell or who's going through hell, who gets it. You want to just talk to your best friend. And maybe that's all I've ever been to readers anyway in sharing kind of like the hard things. Do you know what I mean? I think I, I think that's what I've, I think that's what I, I essentially am trying to be. And I think that like when I think about the memoir and what I share in it and the way that it kind of ends, not on this shiny, happy um, note, but it doesn't end on a sad note. I think I, I really try to make it so that I'm, um, I think I try to leave it like in a really neutral really honest, really, um, like kind of a best friend kind of way, like, which is like, you know, I get it. I'm here and I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm normal and I'm going to screw up and I'm going to fail, but I'm, I'm trying every day that sort of way. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't know if I'm being rambly, but it's, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a guru, um, or an expert who people can't relate to. I just want to always be honest and vulnerable and kind of, um, let everybody know what it's like and that I'm every day I'll wake up and I'll practice, try to practice what I preach and hopefully not be too preachy, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, what's interesting is when you said that I was remembering that the TEDx talk that you're talking about was one of the first times I saw yeah. you. Um, and I would have never imagined that you were yeah. struggling mm -hmm. internally. Like looking at you, I see the picture of perfection, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's, that's just so yeah. interesting because like, I wonder now if when you look back at that TEDx talk, if you see the woman right. struggling or if you're like, hey, you know what? Really not so bad. You know, it's funny. I look at it and I think to myself, 
it, okay, so I gave that talk, that was February, and it came out, it was released like on the internet in, I think it was like late May. And I remember like, so that's February, and I remember like that New Year's, because I always make a New Year's resolution, not to lose weight anymore, but always kind of, I like the idea of like goal setting and things like that. I think it's fun and, and kind of inspiring. So I remember that year I said, you're not going to make fear-based decisions. Like you're not going to let things hold you back. And that was that year. And I said, I was asked to give the TEDx talk and I said, I can't say no because I'm afraid of looking bad publicly. I can't say no to big things because I'm afraid of, you know, being perceived as bigger than I want to, you know, look, you know, publicly. So I, I look at it now and I'm, I'm, I, I think I can see it like being proud of myself. And I think I, I'm able to recognize like, you know, I, I have an ability to say, like, what would I look at my best friend if she was giving this talk and she had, you know, gained 30 pounds and, and, you know, I would be able to say like, look, look at you. You did that. That's great. It's amazing. It's 30 pounds. Like you are a human being. It has been 10 years since you've lost weight. Like no one is going to stay one static weight their whole lives. Like you have done a lot of things. You know, you can kind of recognize like how insane we get about things and the kind of pressure we have on ourselves. It's so wild the things that we think we're supposed to be and all of the you know it's it's just it's really it's, it's nuts well it's what's interesting is i feel like once somebody becomes a public figure right. they the public actually kind of holds them accountable to whatever image they first set forth like when you think about it that's why we're obsessed with oprah's weight that's why when um, you see somebody who hasn't been in the public and she, re she or he reemerges 20 years later out of nowhere and they, they, they haven't really aged much, people applaud that. Like, right. that's great that they haven't aged uh, when they're, they, they should <laughs> have wrinkles. They yeah. should have saggy skin. Um, right. So it's, it's very interesting that, like, it's almost like um, we feel, I think, once you – do become a public known in the public um that pressure and it's sort of like right. for what right i think it's it's funny because i like it's once i so that period of struggle like so i you know i had broken up with Daniel, who I had been dating for like seven years. I had gone through this, I had moved home with my parents I, from Seattle, um, going through this major life shift. I had gotten this like book deal, this two book deal, which in itself kind of made me question like, do I deserve this? Like, what am I doing? Like, I don't know who I am, all these things. Um, and all of that kind of pressure, like once I came out to my readers and said, like, look, I'm struggling with depression right now. I'm doing this. I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I kind of, once I released all of that, I, in this weird way, I was able to kind of shed the weight and shed the pressure and shed all of these things, which is interesting because it's like, um, I released this weight from myself, you know, like emotional weight, like all of that kind of psychological pressure was gone. And then I think the weight started to come off. You know, I, I was able to kind of give myself some like grace in some way. And that was like a really um, pivotal moment for me. Like I didn't have to 
uh, I didn't have to kind of put pressure, so much pressure on myself. It was like a really great way to kind of re-examine how I kind of thought of myself too. And so I was like, I'm really, I'm like, I hate, I don't really like when people are like, I'm so glad that ha- that bad thing happened to me or I, everything happens for a reason. I don't tend to think like that, but I think I am really glad that it happened in, in this way because I, I was able to kind of see, oh, that's, that's why that happened. You know, that, that really taught me a lesson of like what I'm here to do is like to be on on that human level, um, that everybody's going to struggle like this, you know, and that's what I'm, I'm going to share it like, you know, really maybe share my embarrassing moments and, and like, uh, and that everyone can relate to, you know, and, and I don't know, probably, um, in a, I don't know, vulnerable way. I know that, you know, that, um, the whole weight loss journey is, you know, sort of like it, it's never, not never ending, but like it's always in flux, you know? And, and I wonder how, what it's like for you when you do like press, book tours, that sort of thing. And they sort of simplify things into a formula. Right. What does that feel like? Or like a soundbite, you know? Right. It's hard. I think that's, that's always been really hard for me because I'm like, you know, I mean, I'm obviously very wordy and rambly. Like I don't, I, you know, I was able to write a memoir that's <laughs> so many thousands of words. I think it's really, it's very hard to kind of distill what anything is like I, um, what the journey is or what weight loss is because it's so much like, you know, the reasons that I gained were so much more than, just, you know, one thing. It's not just that I ate badly, like to gain weight or like that, you know, I had a traumatic childhood. It's like, it's all of these millions of little things. And the way that I lost weight was not just one thing. Um, there wasn't just one event that kind of motivated me. It's like a whole lifetime, you know, that leads us to where we are today, obviously. And that makes us who we are. Um, and it's, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's really, it, that's a true challenge. Like to, um, I, I think it's, it's really, it's hard to kind of also make it, um, I've always found it really hard to make it kind of my message, like sexy enough to appeal to the media because it's like, I don't have something like, um, I'm not kind of like selling like, a like this idea that like, it's just, everything's great. And like, you know, I'm very, um, I don't know. I, re- I don't want, I, again, like, I just don't want to come across like an expert, like in the field and like, it's just, here's, here's the plan. And you know, like that sort of thing. And so that's what I find so hard. And I think it can be easily like the way that I talk about it can be construed. Like I'm talking about the hard parts of, of the journey when, um, there are so many good parts because I think I talk about it. Like me losing weight was, um, me essentially removing like, uh, my, I had to then cope with the fact that I was taking away food, which had been for like, in many ways, like my addiction for so many years, like my coping mechanism was turning to food, you know? So I, I had to then cope with the fact that, Oh, I had probably struggled with depression my whole life. And I just turned to food. So that's what it essentially was for me when I lost weight. Then I recognized like, oh, now I have to feel everything. And I don't have like a nice like barrier of, I don't have sweetness. I don't have like sugar to go to. So 
I think that was like really hard to kind of explain to, you know, like a 30 second clip, you know, like that, that was really tough. So, and I'm sure you get that, you know, like you talked about this and it's just, it's, that's tough, you know, especially with binge eating, you're like trying to talk about why you binge eat. Like, you know, it's, 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 it's challenging. I know it is, it is weird because it almost feels like, you know, both of us work in food and so much of the job is, is eating uh, food yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and sometimes eating a lot of it. And it's, it's hard to explain, like, I'm sure you get these comments all the time when somebody is like, oh, how do you eat that much and stay so skinny as if that is the most important thing in the world. But right. I, get, I get where they're coming from because I definitely had that mentality and those thoughts for many years. Yeah. And um, for me, it's sort of like a, a wanting to be explained like, no, 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 you don't get it. <laughs> like, I know where you're coming from. Um, it's, it's so much more than that. But <sighs> this, that's not what you're selling. Right. Like when you're when you're doing right. like a two minute video, you're not selling right. all of that. Right. And that's the, I think that was like part of. But I like, you know, I really like the idea of kind of explaining like and I think you do this so well, like is explaining that kind of like everything has a cost. Like if I'm going to eat a lot today, then maybe tomorrow is going to be lighter. Do you know what I mean? Like you, I think that there is always going to be the choice of balance and every day I'm going to have to choose it, you know, because like my cookbook has, you know, it has mostly wholesome recipes, like maybe 80 to 85% of the, um, the cookbook is, you know, like recipes that are like lighter or, you know, 500 calories or less, let's say, just like to focus on the calorie count, let's say. And then some, like a lot of them are, you know, the, the dessert chapter is not lightened. There are some savory recipes that are like nachos and they're, you know, heavier. Um, and I included them on purpose because I think I wanted to make a book that really exemplified my relationship through food, which is like most of it is going to be, um, focused on really wholesome things, but then there's going to be, you know, on the weekend, I'm going to have just an amazing dessert. That's like no holes barred. And then it's going to be, I'm going to go out to dinner and I'm not going to think about anything having to do with like a nutrition. I'm just going to order whatever I want. And it's not going to, you know, that's not even going to be in my mind what a calorie count is. And I think people, um, see, might see kind of someone who has historically struggled with their weight and has, you know, um, focused on calories and things like that. And, and they'll wonder, well, how can you eat this one meal and be thin? But it's like the other times I might be choosing salad. I might be eating oatmeal for breakfast, you know, like it's not one meal is not representative of all that I eat. And I think it's really important to show that balance, you know, to show that there are, there are smoothies at times, there are, there's roasted broccoli at other times, you know, and it's not, I wouldn't want to just be showing cheeseburgers, but I also wouldn't want to just be showing kind of like kale either. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that balance is so crucial. Um, and I think you do that well too. Thank you. I was just going to say, this is totally my kind of cookbook. When I opened it up and like one of the first couple recipes I saw, because I was in the breakfast yeah. section, all involved yolk, Greek yes. yogurt. And I was like, I had this smile on my face like, ah, my blogger friend, she gets it. She gets it. Like, because we as 
as people who were part of, I guess, what was it called back six years ago? The the not healthy yeah, living, yeah, whatever. Sure. I don't know what yeah. it is called. Whatever the 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 show everything I eat oh, yeah, diet yeah. Um, sure. block type of blogging yeah. we did yeah. back then, which was often yogurt. Yeah. So oh, often yogurt. You. And, and how do you use, and like, you know, then sponsorships oh, came with people sending you all this free yogurt. And what are you doing with this oh yogurt? Gosh, yeah. Well, you're making pancakes. <laughs> you're making, you're making pudding. <laughs> you're like, you got, you got to do something with this free food you got. So, <laughs> and you want to, you know, uh, make it quote unquote healthy. Yeah. So when I was looking through this, I was just sort of like, uh, yeah. this feels so good because when I read your cookbook, to me, it feels like reading something that's familiar as opposed to like when I read a chef's cookbook and they add Greek yogurt, I'm just like, they're not really eating not that. Get, no, I, I agree. <laughs> I think I, I really wanted to make, I don't know. I wanted to make it like approachable and like, these are recipes I actually make, you know what I mean? Like I, I, there's, it's funny when you make a cookbook, you're like, how fancy should these be? Like how exciting should these recipes be? You know, like they should be somewhat elevated from like, you know, like the stuff you might throw together, like without thinking, but also just, you have these ingredients probably in your kitchen already, you know, like I didn't want to make it hard. Nothing's too fussy. So yeah. So thank you. I, I, I hope it feels like really normal and like you can get all the ingredients at your local market, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. There's nothing that has like way too many ingredients or makes me feel like um, I'll be stuck with a whole right. pantry full of totally. things that I'm never going to use yeah. again. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Good. Can you describe the writing of this cookbook and what, what like a, a day of recipe testing might look like? Yeah. Well, so I think I tried to break it down where I was making about, I probably made like let's say five or six recipes a day. So I would make like, you know, and I focused kind of on each section. Like, so breakfast, I would do like all of the breakfast in like one week or, you know, like half the week and maybe retest them. So I would like wake up knowing like, okay, like the whole, you hold off on eating breakfast because you're going to be making it, you know, like in one minute. So I would, you know, I'd, wake up and make start cooking and then I'd basically like forego breakfast and lunch because I was basically eating all day you know that I was like testing and nibbling and biting here and taking a lick here all day um and so I'd cook from like you know like nine to you know five or six um and remake things but it was hard because I lived now I live in like Northern New Jersey where I have a car and, and it's like very suburban, but I lived in Manhattan when I made the cookbook. And so I was walking to the grocery store like constantly and like, you know, schlepping all of these groceries up and down stairs. So it was kind of like, I don't know, just like not ideal. I remember thinking like, gosh, I should be living in some location where I can like have a car and just load the groceries into my trunk. And, you know, like it was back and forth all the time with these like heavy bags. Um, but it was, it was like, it was nice because, um, I think New York made it like you can find anything like at any hour. Like I, if I ever had to make something like quickly, it was, you know, there's a market that's open in the middle of the night, like God forbid. Um, and I, um, I wrote the cookbook in like pretty fast. I wrote it in about, I think I wrote it in like five months 
And yeah, it was pretty fast. It was it was quick because we wanted to kind of make it so that the memoir came out, you know, it came out in January 2015. And then now the cookbook will be coming out like end of March 2016. So kind of a year apart. And so we wanted it to be, you know, just so that they're they're close together. Um, but I did all the recipes first and then I did the writing, which was totally up to me. And like, it's just kind of like how I operate where I can't, I don't do well, like kind of switching between things that well, like I'm kind of like do one activity and then do the other. Like I wouldn't have done well if I had made a recipe and then written about it right away, which might've been smarter, but I, I mean, I don't know. I just don't, I, I have to either be sitting down and writing or cooking, you know? Did, when you write, um, do you have a ritual? food wise? <laughs> no, like surprisingly, I mean, no, I, I mean, I have to have like copious amounts of coffee, like iced coffee, but just no, like I, I'm really, I'm kind of just like, I, other than it, I probably, I like to wake up early in the morning and like do it, um, sitting there, like, you know, listening to podcasts, like sometimes like just softly in the background. Um, I don't have any sort of like routine about it. It's just get it done. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you know I'm from I'm from Northern New Jersey? I what? Okay, so what town? I'm are you fr- from? I'm from Creskill. I li- I grew up in Bergen County. <gasps> okay, so I'm right now. I'm in Nutley. Oh yes. Which is, yes. So I'm from where Martha Stewart's from. I'm living where Martha Stewart's <laughs> from, and Tan Mom apparently. So I <laughs> can't forget Tan Mom. Um, yeah, it's, just, it's a sweet little town. It's cute. Um, it's, um, it's nice. Like it's nice because it's not far from the city. Like if I need to get in and, you know, go for meetings and things like that, I don't know how long I'll be here, but it's, it's good for now. Yeah. I was going to ask about, do you go out to eat in New Jersey or are you mostly, if you do go out to eat, you go out in New York? I mostly go out in New York. Okay. I feel like I'm, and I'm in there, I can probably go to the city like once a week and I, I, that's kind of like where I'll save like going out to, but, um, I mean, I've been out like, I'll, like if I go out in New Jersey, like I'll just go out to my favorite places. Like, honestly, it's, it's Shake Shack. I'm not, I, I, I'm obsessed with Shake Shack. It's in, like, I'm crazy about it. Um, I always get the Shack stack every time because I think that the, like the cheese filled fried portobello mushroom is just amazing. Have you had it? Not yet. You know, they just arrived to L.A. But I when Shake Shack first opened in Madison Square Park, my husband and I were one of the first um, customers. But then it became this huge thing. And literally, I have not gone back just because it's always so crowded. Yeah. Yeah. No, you have you have to go, Lynn. It's so it's so good. And the I like the crinkle cut fries, but I know some people are not as into it. Like I um I don't know. I kind of like that. I don't know if it's like, I'll call it like a little bit like generic-y. Like it's just, I like that with like the cheese sauce. And I think it's like, it's just delicious. But um, yeah, I'm a huge Shake Shack fan. Um, and then there's a place in, I think it's in Nutley. Like I don't know if it's in the town over, but there's like a pie shop here. It's called the pie shop. And they make like a banoffee pie that's really good. Um, as far as local places. Mm. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, there's like a British woman that owns it and it's really, really good. Um, but yeah, mostly I go in the city and I love like, like the spotted pig, love Fonda, um, Momofuku, 
um, oh my gosh, so many. And New York is like endless. It's just, oh my gosh, I know. it's not. And I'm so clueless now. Now that I've been away for like over a decade, I come back and, you know, my favorite places turn into like a TV. Right? Oh, I know. I don't know what's I bet. going on. You come back and it's just, yeah, everything's changed. But like, it must be fun to just like explore again. But, but you guys, are you mostly cooking, cooking for yourself? Yeah, at home? I cook a lot. I mean, I cook probably like most, I work it so that mostly I cook about, you know, probably five nights a week. Like we'll cook, I'll, I'll have dinner at home and eat kind of, you know, normal, like wholesome meals about like during the weeknights um, and then go out on weekends or probably Fridays and Saturdays. Like I'll eat out or get like takeout maybe one of the nights, um, like Thai food if we get takeout or something like that. But yeah, I cook like, you know, I like, I like to work it like that because I just feel like week days are so routine that it's like I just unless I'm going unless I already have plans they just feel like so it's, it's kind of nice to just do like cook a nice meal eat like the same kinds of breakfast eat lunch you know that kind of thing I know us bloggers have gone through an oatmeal phase are you still on yours no so I mean funny enough you know Daniel was just talking about this the other day how I like ate oatmeal consistently for like two years and he was like he was like, what happened? Like you just stopped one day. And I was like, I know I, I really did. Like I, there was like a day where I was just like, I don't think I can do it anymore. Like I'm just, <laughs> I don't know. I, I all of a sudden just kind of, I was done, but that's kind of how I work though. I like, I will be obsessed and then I'll have, it'll just like, like night and day just kind of switch. And then I'll be in eggs and then I'll be the next day pancakes, you know? Yeah. Do you have oats in your pantry now? Yeah. Oh, I do. I, and then I'll switch. I mean, it could be a slight switch to like, you know, overnight oats and things like that. And that'll be like kind of like somehow feel a little bit different. But um, but no, like now I'll do things like I do like pancakes and things like that. Or I was in I was recently in like a French toast kick. Um, I love I do love French toast. Um, but I love eggs. I love hard boiled eggs. Like, I, I don't know why. I just, I think they're so good. Like with like a little bit of salt and pepper. Um, I think those are delicious, but yeah, I have oats right now. Um, and I was going to film a recipe later for, um, to make overnight oats, the ones in the book with the blood orange mint salsa. Um, mm. yeah, I love those ones cause they're kind of, they're just creamier and it's just such a fast recipe. So when you're going to um, film something of yourself on camera and you're going to eat and whatnot, yeah. um, do you prep your belly for this? Oh, what do you mean? I mean, like, are you like, oh, I'm going to be taking multiple takes of myself eating something later on, so maybe I shouldn't have this Shake Shack right now. Oh, good point. You know, I find, that's funny, I will notice that, the day before, I'll try not to eat certain things. Like the day before, because I, um, tell me if you can relate to this. I noticed that my, um, if I eat things with like, like, uh, like if I eat fast food or things with like a lot of, like typically a lot of sodium, um, like if I ate Shake Shack yesterday, today, 
because I, I mean, I already have like a very, like, um, I have a round face and it's like a, just a typically full face. My face will show more fullness. It's just a funny, and I can mm-hmm. see it right away. I can see it like, oh, I have and the, the same next thing. <laughs> day, it will be so apparent. Like it'll be, my eyes will be a little bit puffier. Um, and it's, it's funny and it's like very visible to me. It's not, it doesn't show up in my stomach, but it shows in my face right away. And it's funny cause I don't see it like if my, best friends did the same thing I would not I wouldn't even notice it maybe they would notice it in themselves I don't know if it's one of those things like everybody sees themselves in like the most you know with like a magnifying glass but so yeah I would have avoided like if I was going to be on tv tomorrow I would pro like today I would try to like not eat fast food and I would just try to stick to like you know, like healthier things. Like I wouldn't say that I'm like trying to keep calories lower, but I would definitely say that I'm not like, I'm definitely staying away from like eating out too much because I do notice it. And then I'm like, Oh man, like (laughs) my eyes will be puffy. Damn it. Yeah. That, and imagine if you had to demonstrate making something with a lot of sodium and then the next day you had another shoot. I know. Oh my God. No. <laughs> Nothing Seriously. you can do. Right. Yeah. No. I'm telling you. It, I, it's a strange struggle, isn't it? No, it's, it's bonkers. <laughs> it's, it's funny because I was thinking about how I talked to my best friend about having, um, I wanted to have, like, I'm going to get married next, like next June. And I was thinking about having. Yay! Oh, we should we should probably tell everyone that you're you're no longer right, working out. Right, right, exactly. Right. I was talking about that at the beginning of your podcast. And so I'm back together with Daniel, and we're engaged, and we're going to get married next year. And um, I am. I wanted to honestly, I wanted to host my like reception, my uh, excuse me, rehearsal dinner at Shake Shack, which is this. I'm this is how insane I am, <laughs> like about Shake Shack. But I wanted to do that, and. Uh, like my best friend said, well, that's the thing that like we would go nuts and like eat like a ton at Shake Shack. And then the next day we would be like, we would just look crazy. Like we would be like, you know, like we'd just come in, like just like our faces, like so puffy. And like, like we had like Shake Shack hangovers, which is true, which is not, not a joke. So I don't know, but so it's a thought. It's a thought. It's one count against having it at Shake Shack. Yeah, I wish we could talk more. I, I feel like our time's up right now, but I I want to talk more. So I will have to have you on again. No, I would love that. I would love. I love talking to you. You're the best. Maybe after the um, book tour and everything dies down, can you talk about where you're going to be headed this time? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think right now we're just I'm staying around New York just to do like hopefully some like media, hopefully some TV, um, and like. I'm doing some speaking at conferences. I'm going to like Portland to speak at Indulge Conference uh, and uh, going to like something in Michigan at the end of the month of April. Um, But I need to make it out to LA to come and visit you at some point. I know at some point and then we'll have to just do like some sort of eating tour of LA. Yes, I'm, (laughs) I'm happy to bring you to other burger places since you already have your Shake Shack, the Love It Shake Shack. (laughs) Would love it.